everybody. There's a powerful, powerful anointing here today. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, I, we have an, an emergency right here, and I want, I want everybody's attention. One of our family members is about to pass. Sister Dora Goins is on the verge of passing. And so I want us to just take time right now, and we are going to lift her up. Here is a woman of God who has lived her life for God, and I believe she's completely ready to be with the Lord. And only God knows. Listen, folks, the Bible talks about an appointment, and it is appointed unto man once to die, the book of Hebrews tells us. And only God knows when that appointment comes due. And should today be the day for Dora to enter into glory, then so be that. But I want you just to pray with me right now. Father, we thank you that you are almighty, you are all-powerful. We thank you that you, you know tomorrow, and you hold today in the very palm of your hands. You know our birth date, but you also know our death date. And God, we lift up to you Sister Dora today, and should it be her time, we pray that it would happen easily. We pray it would happen quickly, Lord, and that she would be ushered into your very presence and you would take her into your arms. You would escort her around the streets of gold and the, the streets of glory today, God. May she be revitalized in your presence, Lord, and start her eternal living today. Hallelujah. We commit her to you, Lord. We commit this, this entire transition into your hands. And we pray, Lord, for Richard especially today, but for the rest of the family as well, God, that you would just undergird them. Holy Spirit, we pray that your presence would be so prevalent and, and known and sensed in that room right today, God. Comfort them and give them peace. And we give you thanks and praise, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm. So are you ready? You better be ready. Because the simple truth of the matter is, God could call any of us at any time. That's God's business. It is just our responsibility to be ready. Should the Lord call any of us home, I want to be ready. And I want you to be ready. Hallelujah. Just continue to lift up Richard and Dora today uh, through, this, through this very, very... Uh, critical and wonderful transition. For a believer, I believe going to be with Jesus is wonderful. Death is, is sorrowful for us on earth, those of us that remain, but for those, of, those who are believers in Christ, death is uh, the beginning of eternal living. Uh, so, um, but just be in prayer for this family today. Daniel chapter 4, I don't know if I finished my thought there, but that's where I want us to go today. We're going to go into the book of Daniel. <laughs> you like my chair? See, I thought I'd get a, 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 a king-size chair today. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm actual, actually royalty. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't tell everybody that, but yeah, my father is a king. You know, we're funny people. We love bigger and better, don't we? I mean, you can't even go to McDonald's or, or Burger King, and they're not trying to pressure you into getting bigger and better, right? 
Only it's not bigger and better, it's bigger and fatter. They want you to get a biggie size, right? But not only are you going to get a biggie size fries, you're going to get a biggie size thighs <laughs> as well. You want to upsize that? You want a biggie size? I mean, they're just constantly trying to pressure us, right? I found some, I found some king size things over here I thought I'd just share with you. I got a king size microphone. I might come and interview somebody here. I feel like Bob Barker or something. King size. How about, how, how about this? I like this. Anybody ready to fight some devils with a king size sword? Oh, yes. Maybe you've got a king size idea. <laughs> Doing. <laughs> got king size glasses here, sunglasses. I got some king size money. Anybody want some king size money? There's a king size dime for you right there. King size toothbrush. King size butterfly. All kinds of good stuff over here. King size dog bowl right there. That's for Clifford, I guess. I also found some king-sized candy bars. I wonder who's been a good boy over here. Anybody been a good boy or a good girl? Huh? Uh-huh. Really? We're going to find out. I do. I, I got to tell you, I love, Pastor Dave and, and Miss Sunny, I love that you have corralled the youth for the most part. You've corralled this youth, and you've, you've even kicked some people out. They said, you know what, we're going to overtake this area for God and for the youth. And they got three rows going right here. Just get ready, row number four. You might need to reposition yourself before very long and find another seat. Because I believe that the youth of La Palma Christian Center are going to explode. So don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get your nose in a joint, right? Just be willing to flex. Blessed are the flexible. For they shall not get bent out of shape. <laughs> who's been a good boy over here or a good girl over here? You know what? You're the one who's the most vocal. I'm just going to bless you right there. You got some king size M&Ms. You don't want it? Give it to her. I bet she'd want it. Anybody been good in this section over here? Mm -hmm. Look at this. Oh, you know what? I'm going to bless. Roseanne, I love you. I love your spirit. I love your heart. You always have a smile, and you always have a kind word to say. I'm going to give you ten, no, $100,000 candy bar. <laughs> How about this section over here? Anybody want to be blessed with something king size today? Huh? King size? Oh, we love king size, don't we? Oh, does everybody know Tonda back here? Tonda, you're, you, you're the same kind of way. You just always have a, a gentle spirit about you and always, always kind to other people. And we just want to thank God for you and bless you with that. Mm, 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 mm. See, I don't know anybody that doesn't like king size. I already blessed this section. Oh, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, oh, oh. I'm going to bless two people over here, I just, I just kind of feel it, 
We appreciate you. Thank wow. you. I love, I love some of our, listen to me a minute. I love our, some of our senior adults here who've been in the faith for a good long while, and they are as faithful as the day is long, and they believe in me and Karen. They believe in this church, and they're faithful in prayer, and we thank God for you, and we thank God for you. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. Pastor Dave, you're going to have to take care of this one for me. Why don't you run upstairs and see who's been good up there? I got one more here up in the balcony. Anybody want a king-size blessing? Go run up there and let the Spirit lead you. Don't you dare open that either. Hello, balcony. They're up there. They're alive and well. Come on, anybody want a blessing? Come on. All right. One person raised their hand. You have not because you asked not. I love it. Well, this goes way beyond a king-sized candy bar. This goes way beyond a king-sized chair. I want to talk to you today about a king-sized restoration. <laughs> Are you ready for royal restoration to come your way? Are you ready for restoration that is fit for a king, fit for a queen? King-sized restoration. Just before I read this text today, let me remind you that we have one more week that I will be accepting nominations for our board. We have our annual celebration, annual business meeting in March, and I am accepting nominations from the body. Uh, if you would like to nominate someone to serve in this capacity of leadership, one of our elders, you need to fill this out after you have prayed. You can get one of these uh, ballots from any of our board members. You can also get it from me and turn that back in to me right away. You have until next Sunday, and then it will be closed. I need all that time to interview and go through the qualifying process. So I want to just remind you, if you're praying about this and you would like to nominate someone, you need to do this quickly before the time closes. Daniel chapter 4, let's start with verse 29. At the end of the 12 months, he, King Nebuchadnezzar, was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word, word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven, saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you, they shall drive you from, from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the fields. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times, or seven years, shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men, and he ate grass like oxen. Uh, his body was wet with dew, till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails 
like birds' claws. Wow. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me, I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth, and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. Father, we thank you today for your word. It is alive and powerful. I thank you, Lord, for the word that you are speaking to this church at this particular time in our history. And we ask that you lead us in this path, in this road of restoration. Give us ears today that would hear, hearts today that would receive. And what you have purpose to accomplish by your word, let that be accomplished. We pray it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. So here we are, church. We are on the road to restoration, or at least I am, and I wonder who's on it with me. Come on, if you're not on the road already, I want you to get on this road. There is a road that God is leading us down. I believe this road is a road of restoration, of turnaround, and of overflow. It is for now, it is for this church, it is for this year. And we are going to continue to see this, this prophetic word be fulfilled week after week after week. Sadly, there will be some who sit on the sidelines. There will be some watching from the shoreline while we travel down this road. Some will analyze, some will crit critique, critique and criticize but I want to be one of the ones that are marching on this road, ready to receive the, the return from God, ready to rece receive that restoration from God. Don't be trapped and caught with those who will be on the shoreline and on the sideline just analyzing and critiquing and watching the restoration go right by, missing their turnaround moments, not being ready for the outpour and the overflow. Get on the road with us and start it today. I think it's important, church, as we travel down this road, that we honestly look within ourselves and maybe even look back and retrace a little bit as to why did we get off the road in the first place. I think it's good in order to get back on track to retrace your tracks so that you can get back on track. Y'all with me today? 
So that's what we're going to do. We're going to just kind of see what happened to get maybe off the road so that we can get back on the road. How did we get off track so that we can get back on track? We'll find today that even a king can get off track. Even a king can get off the right road. Even those in highest position, even those that have the most, can get off track and can get off the road. But ultimately, we'll also see God giving a king-sized restoration. Are you ready for that? Oh, I'm ready for your king-sized restoration. This isn't ordinary. This isn't normal. This isn't, this isn't just par. This is way above. This is king-sized. This is royal restoration. Let's look at this closely. We need to understand that the first thing that happened with this king was pride. Pride crept in and pride started the fall. Look at verse number 30 with me. The king spoke and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my power? If you're taking notes, if you have a pen, you might want to just underline I, my, and then he goes on and says, for the honor of my majesty. <coughs> Excuse me. It would be good to even bring a highlighter. If you have a place in your Bible, you can tuck a pen and maybe even a highlighter. You can highlight things. I have, I have scripture all, all throughout my Bible that's highlighted by yellow highlighter. It's underlined by, by pen. I take some notes on the side. Start getting into this word and writing things and let the Spirit of God speak to you some things. Be prepared when you come into the house of the Lord. Right? So just a little, a little underline with your pen. I, my, my. And then on the side just say, be careful. See? Be careful. We're something else. <laughs> I mean... Humans, mankind, people, think about it. You come out of your mother's womb, kicking, screaming, and crying, and wanting your own way. And folks, I'll just tell you, until we go to our grave, or until the return of Christ, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly, we will fight against that very same nature. It is our will and willfulness. It is our self our selfishness, we want our own way. And we have to be careful to, not to give in to that. Because once we get in, give in to that, then we start thinking, it's all about me. And I did this. I built this kingdom. Pastors are as vulnerable as any, maybe even more so. I built that church. If it wasn't for me, there would still just be 30 people there. I've, I've heard pastors say this. If it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have a new gym, blah, blah, blah. Taking the glory that belongs to God and owning that themselves. Always remember, you are absolutely nothing without God. Always remember, you can't do diddly without God. I'm nothing without God. I can't even tie my shoes without the help of God. Come on, let's just be real. We should give God all the glory and all the praise for anything and everything in our lives. 
You can't build some kingdom. It is not for your honor. It is not for your glory. If there be any praise, if there be any glory, let it go to Jesus Christ. Deflect. Get in your pattern of living. Deflect praise. I'm talking about for everything. You know, I like to sing. You already know that. I traveled for 16 years singing the gospel. We were the special guests that were brought in. Do you know how many times people would say, boy, you've got a good voice, boy, that was so good, man, you were great today, all that kind of stuff? It was weekly. You can start letting that go to your head. I stand out here just to hug your necks, and so many of you every week, pastor, that was such a great sermon. And I try every time to just say, praise the Lord. To God be the glory. Thanks be to God. Because I can't, I can't do this on my own. I'm nothing without Him. And I don't want that to creep in, that I'm something that I'm not. And that's what happens. People start owning the glory that only belongs to God. He gives talent and He gives ability. Ability to, to serve, ability to lead, ability to bless others. And if we take ownership of that, we're in danger. And it won't be very long before we'll trip and we'll fall. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before a fall, destruction. A haughty spirit goes before a fall. Proverbs eleven two 2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. Also know this, folks. Pride is a sin. It's actually a sin that God hates. Mark 7, 20. And he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, evil eyes, blasphemy, here it is, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a man and they're sinful. Pride is lumped in, listed 12 out of 13 inner vices, inner sins that come out of a man. Pride goes before the fall. The Greek word for this is huperothania. It means haughtiness, arrogance, ostentatious pride, a disdainful attitude toward others, thinking that you're better than somebody else. You ever known somebody who thinks they're better than you? And you know what? Maybe they are. There are plenty of people better than me. If we get caught up in trying to, trying to figure out who we are better than, we're, we're already, we already lost. Who cares about that? Don't get caught up in that. Listen to me, teenagers. That's a big part of what goes on in your life right now. People thinking they're better than you. Do, do, does any of you, do any of you know somebody who thinks they're better than you? 
Does that kind of get on your nerves? Just be honest. See, it's supposed to try to kind of push a button in you so that then you can try to be better than them. So we try to prove ourselves all along the way. You don't have anything to prove. You just let Jesus love on you and you love on Jesus and you let him make you what he wants you to be and you let somebody else go ahead and be better than you. It's no big deal because the truth is they may be better than you, but you're better off than they. Come on, church. It's the truth. Pride goes before a fall. King Nebuchadnezzar started getting full of himself and started getting prideful, and it wasn't very long that he fell flat on his face and he got off the right road. Let's take our cues from King Nebuchadnezzar, church. Let's not let pride start our fall. Pride started the fall. Promises were fulfilled. Verse number 33 says that very hour the word was fulfilled. God kept his word. He always does. Write that down. God kept his word and he always does. Whatever God says he's going to do, know this, <laughs> he's going to do it. What God has said is so, it is done, it is settled. I want to remind you of our text last week out of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number 3. This is going to be a life verse for us this year, folks. Call to me, I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The point I want to make here is he said, I will answer you. What God says he will do, he will do. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23, verse 19. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Will he not make good on it? Three things happened here for Nebuchadnezzar concerning the promise that was fulfilled. First of all, he was warned. Nebuchadnezzar was warned in a dream. I want you to take the time, perhaps this afternoon, and just go back to the first part of chapter 4, and you will see Nebuchadnezzar having a dream. He's calling in the magicians, he's calling in the soothsayers, he's calling anybody and everybody who might be able to explain and interpret this dream, and they say, well, there is this other one that's peculiar, and he stands out, and he's not like everybody else. There is Daniel. Daniel is brought in. And he, in fact, interprets the king's dream. He tells him of a large tree with abundant fruit. There was shade on this tree, enough to, to uh, cover the beast of the field and give, give relief and shade to the beast of the field. There were branches that all the birds could come and perch in. There was a prosperity here that was being, that was being foretold and, and told by, by God. 
But ultimately, at the end of this dream, it says that he would be cut down. This tree would be cut down that was so abundant with fruit, so plentiful with shade, providing a space for rest for all who would come. And Daniel said, it's, it's you, king. You're the tree. God has blessed you and provided fruit for you, provided, provided so much plenty for you and for your kingdom. But because you have not done right, you will be cut down. See, this is a warning from God. And God is so gracious to us, church. He also gives us warnings. Do you know every time you're about to do something wrong, I believe God will warn you in some way. It's just, will we hear it? Because sometimes we disregard God's warnings because we're selfish, going back to what I said, and we want satisfaction in whatever area it is. Whatever that is, I want satisfaction, I want it now. So I'm going to disregard the warning. Very dangerous. He disregarded the warning, and God was so patient, he, number two, offered Nebuchadnezzar a second chance. Nebuchadnezzar was warned in a dream. Nebuchadnezzar was offered a second chance. I'm so thankful today that we serve the God of second chances. Look at verse number 27 with me. Therefore, O king, this is Daniel speaking, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities, break off your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor and perhaps, just maybe, there may be a lengthening of your prosperity here is another opportunity for Nebuchadnezzar to get it together and get back on track. He was warned in a dream. The dream is being interpreted, and he's just deciding not to, not to follow. Still all about him. And then the man of God, the prophet of God, says, if you will break off your sins and do what is right, maybe God will give you a lengthening of prosperity. But ultimately, number three here, Nebuchadnezzar had to suffer the consequences for his sin. Numbers 32 and verse 23 says, But if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. King Nebuchadnezzar took matters into his own hands, and so he suffered the consequence for his poor choices. Pride started the downward spiral. Pride started the fall. God had no choice but to fulfill his promise and keep his word. But it's about to get good here today because restoration came. Prosperity and a future were restored. God restored to the king after seven years and gave him back a future 
and allowed him to prosper one more time. You're never too far gone for God not to reach you and God not to bring you back into the fold and restore to you that which has been lost. And I want you to look with me today. Look at all that was, that was restored to this particular king. Verse 34, his mind was restored. The king said, and my understanding returned to me. Look at the second line there. And my understanding returned to me. His mind was restored. This speaks to proper thinking. And is, isn't it interesting today that it was his stinking thinking that got him in the mess in the first place? Isn't it also interesting that it's our stinking thinking that gets us into the mess that we get into as well? You start thinking the wrong way, it won't be very long that you're going to start acting out on what you've been thinking. And it won't be very long, you'll continue to act out, and that acting out will become your lifestyle. I've seen it over and over again. We start justifying in our minds our selfish wants and desires. And we act out on them. And that becomes a pattern because once you're satisfied in certain areas, you go back to that place again and again. And it becomes a pattern and a lifestyle and you're way off track. But it starts right here. He's laying in his bed one day, Paul, just thinking, look at this kingdom that I built. Out of my power. And all for my honor and all my glory. He's just thinking about that one day. He didn't just declare that. I don't believe that. Because it says that his reason returned to him. His ability to understand. His mind, his proper thinking was restored. I've seen pastors just think, I built this church. It's, it's, it's frightening. Remember, and I, I, I know I already said this, but it, needs, it bears repeating. You're nothing. He's everything. You can do nothing outside of his help. Too many people just full of themselves and thinking the wrong thing. Let God in this year restore to you the proper thinking, the right mind. Do you know that you have the power, you have every bit of power that you need right now to actually think about the right things? You do not have to be controlled by the wrong thoughts. The Bible says that we are to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. You cannot control the thought that comes into your head, but you sure do not let, have to let it unpack its bags and set up housekeeping in your mind. It is time, church, that we start taking authority over some of the thoughts that are rattling around in our brain and getting them out of our brain. Men, are you hearing me today? Men, men of God, are you hearing me today? Because I think we are the ones who are, are, are the worst at this. Men, it is time for us to take captive our thoughts and start thinking about the right things. How many men this year will say, Pastor, I'm with you in this regard? And I'm going to, with God's help, start taking captive my thoughts and really, really thinking about the right thing. I want to see your hand today.
Come on, men of God. I know the thoughts come. They come to me as well. They might come to me more because I'm the pastor here. I'm the shepherd of the flock, and I am the bullseye of the target. But I do not have to let these thoughts just live in my head. And I refuse with God's help and with the help of the Holy Spirit's power. I do not have to be controlled. I will not be controlled by wrong thoughts. I need some men who will come alongside of me and say, Pastor, I'm right there with you. I'm on this road with you. His mind was restored to him. His might was restored to him. Verse number 36, at the same time my reason, there's the, the mind again, at the same time that my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my splendor, it all returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me or reported back to me. I was restored to my kingdom and excellent majesty was added to me. Just like that, folks, not only was his right mind, proper thinking restored, but also his might was restored and his ability to lead. His power, his might is speaking of his power right here. He's a king and so everything is returned. His ability to decree and declare and pass law, it all was restored to him. The enemy has come in and stolen away your power. We're anemic believers. Uh, not everybody, and especially not everybody in this church, because, well, we're just not going to have that. I mean, we're going to make sure that you get powered up every time that you can. I... I that's, that's how we feel. But I'm just saying across the board, so many churches, they're not empowered. They're not operating in the power and the might that God has for them. They're, they're doing things in their own ability, their own cuteness. They're coming up with all these programs and, you know, the lights that are flashing and you name it. But how about just getting the power restored back to you? You ever, you ever gone without power in your house? We had an accident out here last year. Oh, it was, it was very frightening. I mean, somebody hit the, hit the pole, and it brought the power line down, and it was alive on the street. You could see this thing dancing. You could see the power dancing on the, on the street. It was, it was frightening. It, it actually immediately nauseated me. That's kind of how I react. I pass out at blood. and I saw that and I just got queasy. I did. Because I thought the car was there and the pole was on the car and then the line is there and it's all live. So I'm thinking there's somebody in that car and they're being, they're being fried. I did not know that they got out before all that. Thanks be to God. But it caused our power to go out. And you can't do anything without the power. You can't, you can't cook a meal. You can't, you can't do anything. You're just, you're just stuck. I believe in that God is going to restore the power. His might was restored to him. The nobles, the counselors, all began immediately to report back to him. And I just want to remind you today that the power that God is restoring to you, it's not your power because Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The power that God wants to restore to you is by his spirit. 
Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witness. How many are ready to walk in the power that God has for you, to walk in the might that God has for you? Let the might and the power of the Holy Spirit be restored in full in your life this year. His majesty was also restored to him. The very bottom part of verse number 36 says, And excellent majesty was added to me. The glory of his kingdom, the glory and the honor and the splendor, this speaks of his position, the majesty, his position in the kingdom. He was the king, and so he could function as only a king could function. Church, sadly, the enemy has just slowly edged people, just bumping them ever so slightly week after week, bumping them right out of their position. There's too many people in this very room today. You are not in your position in the kingdom. You are not in the position or the place that God wants you to be in. And I say it is time for you to get in position. Get in your place. Let God restore to you as a son of the king, as a daughter of the king, as royalty. Get in your position. What are you doing eating out with the pigs? What are you doing eating out with the cows when you are royalty? Get in your place. Get in your position and let God restore that back to you this year. He also was restored money. His money was restored back to him. This speaks of prosperity. I don't know of any king who doesn't have money. Never mind that I don't know any king, but <laughs> if I did, I don't know any of them that ha don't have money. You see, when you get to back your right thinking and, and you, you get back your right place and your right position, you get back your might and your power, all of this just falls in line. You also get everything that goes with being the king. He went, look at this. One day, he's eating grass. He looks like the hair has grown so, so long and, and, and so unruly, it says he looks like the eagle's feather. He's just completely a, a woolly mammoth. Lost his mind, you know, so his fingernails, his toenails growing like the claws of a bird. Eating grass. One day, seven years later, the calendar turns, the sun goes down, the sun rises on another day. And on this other day, he goes from eating grass to feasting in the palace. What a difference a day makes. I said, what a difference a day makes. See, it only takes God one day. It only takes God one instant to turn everything around and bring back to you and return to you everything that has been lost. It only takes one day from God, for God to take you out of the field, eating with the cows, to bring you into the palace, feasting with the king's company.
One more thing before we get out of here today. Praise must not be forgotten. Don't forget to praise him. Look at the scripture here. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I lifted up my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High. I praised and I honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. Hmm. When you come to your senses, don't forget to praise God. When God restores to you all that has been lost, don't forget to give Him praise. Praise is always right. Praise is always in order. Praise always makes sense. Don't be like the nine. Ten lepers were healed. Only one returned. Don't be like the other nine. Make sure and say, I've got to give God praise. If I don't give God praise, I'll still be without a job. If I don't give God praise, I'll still be without a house. If I don't give God praise, I'll still lose my mind. Don't forget the most important part. It's all about Him. And it's all for His glory. It's all for His honor. Restoration, fit for a king, fit for a queen, king-sized restoration. Wow. I want you to bow your heads all over this room. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, we thank you, God. Come on and just help me thank him for a minute. Come on and open up your mouth. Just begin to thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for return. Thank you for restoring. Thank you for turning things around for me, God. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for making a way, God, where there seems to be no way. Taking the impossible and making it possible. Thank you, God, for opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out your spirit, pouring out your power, pouring out your ability. Thank you, God, for pouring out your blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I pray for this congregation of believers today. And I pray, Lord, that this word that has come forth concerning restoration, king-sized restoration, this is what we're expecting, Lord. We're believing that, God, we will go from one day eating with the cows to feasting in the palace the next day. Restore our thinking, our minds, Lord. Restore, God, our power and our might. Restore the majesty and position, Lord, for us that we will get in place. And God, restore this area of money and prosperity, not for our gain, but for your glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. All the glory belongs to you. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forever. Glory to God. 
process of doing. All the glory belongs to him. Let me invite you back tonight, 6.30, we're going to have another God encounter. Our Sunday nights uh, for, for right now are just a time of worship and praise and prayer. We're going to praise and worship and pray tonight. If you have things that you want breakthrough, I want you to write it down and put it in this fishbowl over here. Unsaved family members, bring in the pictures that you'd like us praying over. We're going to take the time to pray over these needs and believing for restoration, turnaround, and overflow. Pastor Moses, dismiss us in prayer, please. Father, we just thank you this morning. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you, God, that you give us second chances. God, even if we mess up, Father, we thank you that your mercy is new every morning. Lord God, and all it takes is one day to turn around, God, and the sun arise. And everything would be different. Everything would be turned around. Father, we thank you. Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would always give you the glory in everything. God, that we would always point people to you. Father, and we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Father, we pray that you would continue, Lord God, to restore, God, that, we, that you would continue to turn around, God, and that you would continue to overflow every day. Father, we surrender our lives to you anew. God, and we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.